0: RCC, happy Palm Sunday to you. Can we just welcome his presence here today? Yes, we worship for you, worthy. Praises rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Set our eyes on you, Lord. Stirring. Hearts are yearning for you. We long for you. That's yes, what we see. You. When we see you, we find strength to face the day. Yes, that's right. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. In Your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. Can we just sing that again? When we see You, when we see You, we find strength to face the day. Yeah. In Your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. We the up church. Sure. tried to hide you steal you away. Yeah. Death tried to keep you inside of the grave. Yes, it did. The enemy fought you. He tried, but he lost. And we can say this with confidence. You cannot be stopped. Yes, you believe that, church. Oh, when we cried for freedom, you tore down the walls. That's how good you are. Yes, yeah. the weight of our burdens, you carried it all. Oh, God, yes, we thank you, our fears in up. Let me this up. Oh, you cannot be stopped. Yes, that's why right. he's moving now. Can stop our God. Yeah. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is not. Come on, if you've experienced this today, would you lift up your voice? There's nothing that can stop our God. Hallelujah. There's nothing that can stop our God. Is your grace that changes? Is your grace that's has changed the world, that's changed us from the inside out? Or would you help us to grasp the fullness of this grace, this new identity that you offer? Yes, I've tried so hard to see it. It took me so long to believe it. That you choose someone like me To carry your victory Perfection could never earn it You give what we don't deserve it. You take the broken things And raise them to glory Undefeated. Every battle you've won I am Cause I am who you say I am You crown me with comfort As I am seated In the heavenly place undefeated With the one who has conquered it all Cause it's who you are can finally see it. You're teaching me how to receive it. So let all the striving see. Can we declare it? Oh, this is my victory! This victory it's by your blood that the battle is won so the victory is given Lord your victory is our victory and you call us into a new identity to a home into a kingdom to a resurrected life let us grasp the fullness this is our identity by your blood it's by your blood the battle's won you give power to this is the identity that Jesus has given me. He's calling us home. This heart of grace calls me his own. I praise the one who called me home. This is the identity that was given for you and for me. Jesus has. Of your presence, Lord, be lifted high today in our hearts, in our lives.
1: the prayer of your church, Lord. And every creature finds its inmost melody Make this your promise and if it to. puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice in light of who he is and what he's done too. for you. We I will by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. If the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Because death is just a doorway. Offering, then I'll join you when you rise, and when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints. My heart will still be singing, my soul.
0: High. Lord, we thank you for your word. Johnny writes in his gospel, he writes this profound statement where he says, He must become greater and I must become less. You see, church, we live in a time where media makes it easy to highlight drama, it makes it easy to highlight controversy. And to a, no surprise to us, our overall shortcomings, but there's something powerful that happens when the people of God keeps our focus above such things, beyond the worldly and towards the heavenly, expresses that we are sold out for Christ, that we have died to our old selves, that old baggage, and have become a new creation filled with resurrection life. And with this new life, it is our worship that magnifies Christ. And with today being Palm Sunday, the start of Passion Week, would you allow him, the Christ who saves, allow him to be magnified in your life and in your worship? Church, would you pray with me? Lord, we look to you, our Savior. We turn our eyes towards you. And just as you enter Jerusalem, we shout your praises. We pour out worship before you. We sing Hosanna for your sovereignty, it's undeniable. You are the God who saves us. And this is the most amazing truth in all the universe. Lord, let us walk with you this Passion Week. Let us reflect on the power of the cross this Good Friday. Let us reflect on the magnificent victory next Easter Sunday. Be magnified, worthy King. Yes, be magnified. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. Welcome to second service here at MRCC. You know, it's Palm Sunday. We don't see uh, many palm fronds around here. But would you turn to those around you, and would you just give them a high five with these palms today?
2: Oh, good morning, friends. Welcome to Second Service here at MRCC on this Palm Sunday. Welcome to everybody who's joining us in the live stream online. We're thrilled that you're with us. And this is Palm Sunday. Now, I'm guessing that some of us are like I was when I was a new believer and first started going to church with no church background. I didn't know what Palm Sunday was. So let me share with you, if you don't know, what we celebrate in the Christian calendar this Sunday. This was the Sunday, and you can read about it in your Bible, when Jesus entered in Jerusalem. He came riding on the colt of a donkey. It was a fulfillment of prophecy that Israel's king would come to her that way. Jesus came that way. And he came, he came to Jerusalem knowing that in a week he was going to go to the cross. And yet he went willingly. Do you know why? Because of you and me. <laughs> he went willingly because of us. The scripture says he went there for the joy set before him, knowing the cross was at the center of it. And I always, I always reflect on Palm Sunday that most of that crowd that was cheering for him when he came in, a week later was screaming for his death. Yeah, a week later they were saying, give us Barabbas. We don't want this Jesus guy crucifying. him! Why? Because some thought that he had come to save the nation. Only a few knew that he had come to save our souls eternally. And so he went to the cross. And on Good Friday, we celebrate that awful moment. And then next Easter morning your requirement is to come fully caffeinated because we are going to celebrate. We are going to rejoice in the resurrection. So that's what Palm Sunday is about. It's about Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And and, and I invite you to remember this. Every time we get to Palm Sunday, he came there for you. He came there for me. He came there for us. He loves us so much. So, yeah, there's a little mini sermon. I just couldn't resist. I couldn't uh, hold myself back. But great to have you with us this morning. I, I have just a few announcements to share with us. And then I want to introduce to you our guest this morning. Uh, Pastor Justin is here because he's going to be speaking at our men's conference in just uh, about six weeks. So we wanted you to get to know him, get to meet him. I'll talk about him in a second. First of all, a few announcements. Uh, one is that coming up this Friday is our Good Friday evening worship service. That's a tradition here at MRC so we'll be gathering on Friday evening just one time for worship on Good Friday to give thanks for Jesus going to the cross that'll happen here in the sanctuary Uh, and then uh, as well coming up uh, next week as you know is Easter things get a little tight around here in Easter somebody say amen maybe you've noticed this before so if you want to get here a little early uh, that'll be great we're going to mount some bleachers up the side of the walls and we're going to have swinging things and we'll, we'll figure it out one way or another but next week is Easter so be aware of that. Uh, And then uh, coming up the end of the month, uh, April 30th, is our ladies' spring tea. Ladies, you're all invited to be a part of that. All your friends are invited. There's no cost. We have a great time on that Saturday. This year it falls on April 30th, which you may think is totally by accident, but in fact... April 30th is my birthday, so you can just get together and celebrate my birthday that day if you have no other reason. But the spring tea is happening, ladies. If you want to sign up for that, uh, even if you forget to sign up, you, your friends, are welcome to be part of that. So that's right around the corner. By the way... Um, if you would be interested in decorating one of the tables for the ladies' spring tea, just stop by the guest center, give the church a call, scan the code on the back of the, the chair in front of you there, and just let them know, and we'd be thrilled to have you be a part of that. So anyway, spring tea's coming up. And then in May, a couple of big things are happening. Uh, one is our love and respect marriage conference that 's going to happen on a Friday night and a Saturday morning hosted by Ty and Diane, who have long experience with the love and respect curriculum. I want to invite you to to plan fellas husbands, I want to challenge you as a husband, you take the lead on this and say, "Hey, honey, uh, I want to invest in our marriage that weekend. I want to come down Friday night Saturday morning uh, again there 's no cost everybody 's invited and and just put some put some effort, put some investment in into our marriage, into growing our marriage. I I will say this, after many years of being a part of marriage conferences, attending lots of them, helping put on some of them, the love and respect one is the most nuts and bolts. It's the most down to earth. It's the most practical. So you won't be disappointed. So love and respect marriage conference coming up. You can sign up for it again, scan the QR code, go by the website, give the church office a call, stop by the guest center, whatever works. That's right around the corner. And then This will be our first year at the end of May doing our local MRCC men's conference. So fellas, you're invited. Uh, Your friends are invited. It's going to be a terrific time. We're going to go from Thursday night through Saturday midday. And uh, our guest, uh, Pastor Justin, who you're going to meet in a moment, will be our speaker at the men's conference. Everyone's invited. It's going to be a terrific time. We've got a whole host of activities. You can find out all about it on the website, uh, on your phone, uh, stop by the guest center, uh, whatever works for you. So that's coming right around the corner. Take note of that. Um, I'm excited to uh, welcome my brother, my friend, who I just met. Uh, a few weeks ago, actually, and that's Pastor Justin Gibbons. Pastor, come up and join us. Pastor Justin, yeah, you can give him a hand if you want. Yeah, welcome him. Yep. Yep. Pastor Justin uh, serves Limitless Church Mm -hmm. in Bonners Ferry, Idaho, which used to be my neck of the woods once upon a time when we lived in Coeur d'Alene, and uh, he actually almost wasn't here this morning, he was driving over yesterday with his two of his boys uh, from Bonners Ferry coming over Snow Snoqualmie Pass. Did anybody hear what happened on Snoqualmie Pass last night? The snow and the ice, more than 20 collisions. I understand that Justin caused about half of those coming over last night. So he's right in the middle of that. O- and only 50%. Only 50%. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so actually, he had me awake last night at about 10 o'clock working on a message this morning in case he didn't make it here. Um, so uh, we're thrilled, though. Uh, Justin comes to us. Uh, having led a ministry called Limitless Outdoors about hunting and fishing and sharing the gospel through that. He's going to tell you a little bit about that in a moment, but he's also going to open the word for us. If you want to open your Bible to Romans chapter 5, that's where we're going to begin. And uh, would you give Justin your attention this morning? Take it away, Thank brother. Thank you very much. <laughs> Great.
3: <clears throat> Good morning. Thank you for having me with you this morning. morning. Um, As he said, my name's Justin. I'm from Bonners Ferry, Idaho, which is the very Northern part. My house is about five miles off the Canadian border. I can see Canadians and we shoot them as they come across the border by our house. So we're kind of redneck up there. Um, About been uh, walking with the Lord for about 10 years. I didn't grow up in a church, uh, uh, but the church that got planted in our community by a bunch of Californians, we called it the Kool-Aid church. That's the church I actually got saved by. So I'm kind of like one of those Kool-Aid guys, I guess. Um, years ago, I've always made hunting videos. Hunting's always been a passion of mine, uh, and I'm also a huge, huge advocate that God uses us in those things that we're passionate about because they're not an accident. Uh, God formed us and knit us together in our mother's womb, and He has plans that He has ordained for, for us from before the foundation of the world. Like God has plans for your life to use you mightily, and it's not an accident that you have those passions. And so, one of my passions is hunting, um, and. I started making these hunting videos years ago and then the Lord gave me this idea that I would start sharing the gospel on every hunting video. And so I made a hunting video. I shared the gospel on it. I put it on YouTube and I got 80 views and became an instant celebrity. <laughs> and so you've probably heard of me. Um, and then the next video that I made uh, nearly tripled the views. I got 200 views on the next video that I made. And it, there was this season for me as I started doing it uh, that it kind of felt hopeless, like, I thought the Lord was calling me to it and that I was gonna do this thing and that he was gonna reach people with it because my heart was to reach people with the gospel because the gospel is the power of God to salvation for anyone who believes, right? And so I just wanted to see this power unleashed. So I'm sharing the gospel and I'm getting all this hate mail and everything. And I just keep sharing the videos. And then all of a sudden they just started exploding. And instead of reaching 80 or a couple hundred people, we started reaching thousands of people and then hundreds of thousands, and then millions of people. And then we got on TV And um, the gospel has just gone forth so powerfully through the ministry that God has created through Limitless Outdoors. uh, To the tune of last year, we reached over 12 million people with the gospel. So it was crazy. Uh, So some just incredible things. Uh, I'm also a pastor uh, of a church in Bonners Ferry. I love the word of God because it is living and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. When it comes to a tool to navigate our lives by, uh, the word of God uh, beats it all bar none. And so this morning, I just want to, you know, I I was praying a lot about what the Lord had for a message for this church. Uh, When I became a pastor, the first book I preached out of was Romans. I just went right for it, you know, the easiest book I could find in the Bible. (laughs) And so, but as I was praying, uh, the Lord just showed me that obviously your pastor didn't preach it well enough the first time. So I needed to (laughs) preach Romans 5 again. Um, That's just a joke. That's just a joke. But here's what I do believe as I've prayed about this is uh, I don't believe that this message is just for somebody here. I believe it's for everyone to some level here today. Um, And it's a message that the Lord has laid really heavy on my heart. uh, And I just wanna see and just invite the Lord here. I'm gonna read the text uh, and then we'll pray this morning as we break it apart. Romans chapter five, starting in verse one. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation or pressure or suffering, you might see it in your Bible, produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, we're here to hear from you. We've we've come here to meet you this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak very plainly to us this morning, that we would understand what you want to say to us, what you want to communicate to us, the direction you, you have for us, Lord. I pray that you would encourage us through your word. I pray that you would strengthen us. And Lord, I pray that you would speak powerfully to us that as we leave this place, we wouldn't, wa- we wouldn't walk out the way that we walked in, Lord, that we would, we would be challenged, that we would be strengthened, that we would be more courageous to face the things that we are going to as we walk out these doors. So Lord, speak to us. And I pray, Lord, that you'd be glorified by everything that we say, do, and think in here this morning. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Romans, one of the most beautiful books, gotta be the most beautiful book ever given to us to read in the Bible. And the apostle Paul is articulating to us the, the, the way that faith works, the, the dynamics, the mechanics of faith. And from the beginning, he says that the gospel is the power of God to salvation for anyone who believes. And often, like, we need power beyond what we possess. Like, there are so many things in our lives that we can't control the outcome of. We can't control what's going on within our country right now. We can't control the things that are happening around us. Maybe you're in a marriage that you can't control. Maybe you're in a job that you can't control. And we need miraculous power of God. And when we wanna see the miraculous power of God, we have to look no farther than the gospel of God because it is the power of God to salvation for anyone who believes. But the gospel is not just for salvation. It's not just for some far off event. And as we bring this into context for Romans chapter 5, this is what Paul is articulating to us here. He's using he's using the man Abraham, this mighty man of faith who walked the earth before there was ever a written word of God. He walked the earth before there was the law, before there was circumcision. And he, he had this communication with God. He just talked to God and God talked to him and he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He was saved by faith. He wasn't saved by what he brought to the equation. He was saved by what God brought to the equation and believing that God was capable of performing what he had pro- promised. We see this in Romans chapter four here and ver- starting in verse 20. It says that Abraham... Did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith. Did you know that your your faith strengthens you? He was strengthened in faith. Giving glory to God. When we believe God and we take God at his word and we say, I know my God can overcome. I know my God can deliver me out of this situation. But just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to Nebuchadnezzar, even if God doesn't show up, we're still not gonna bow the knee. I fully believe. And when we fully believe God and fully take God at his word, it brings glory to God. When we trust him. And it says this, that he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, verse 21, and being fully convinced what That what he, God, had promised, he was also able to perform. That's what faith is. It's believing that what God has promised, he's able to also perform. That when God says, I will not leave you nor forsake you, I will be with you to the ends of the earth. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter how far from home you are or if in your home to the ends of the earth. That means it's all inclusive. God is with you wherever you go. He gave that promise to Joshua and Jesus gave it to us in the great commission as we're about his work. He is with us wherever we go. Do you believe that? This is what strengthens us in times of uncertainty, in times of pressure. This is what gives God glory is when we believe it. And then as, as, as we go down, we see this imputed righteousness, which is given to us because of the work that Jesus did on the cross. And it says this in verse 24, but also for us, it shall be imputed to us who believe in God, who raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised up because of our justification. And that's what we're on the precipice of celebrating, right? With Easter coming up here in a couple of days is the resurrection of Jesus, the defeat of death. It says that he destroyed him who had the power of death in Hebrews chapter two, verses 14 and 15. He destroyed him who had the power of death and delivered all of those who were fears, who were slaves to the fear of death their whole lives. He delivered all of us from that. Now, here, here's the cool thing about Easter, Resurrection Sunday, about death being defeated, is if there's something that I have to face, if there's something that I have to face, it's inevitable and it can be beat. I wanna know how to beat it. The reality is every single one of us is going, that, that's what makes this such a, a glorious good news when we, look, when we look at Resurrection Sunday is that death can be beat. And if somebody has beat it, I wanna to talk to that person. I wanna know somebody who has been there, done that and wrote the book, right? The Lord, because I'm going to face it. And he says here now, as we enter into chapter five, therefore having been justified by faith, justified means simply just as you never did it. Everything's been paid for. As we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's an interesting thing when we have peace. Like, if we were to back up, I have friends that live in Austria, a really good friend that lives in Austria. And I was sitting at his table a couple of years ago. And I said, just think, 80 years ago, if I was sitting over here right now, we'd be shooting at each other. Kind of fascinating, isn't it? When you're at war and we were sitting there, we were having this sweet fellowship and we're talking late into the night and we're just enjoying each other. And there's this peace there. You know, back in the early 1940s, you didn't just get on a plane and go to Germany and hang out in Germany, did you? Why not? There was no peace there. If you showed up in Germany, you were there with a rifle in your hands and you were shooting, right? And as as war ends and peace is established, all of a sudden, all these sweet things happen when there's peace established. And we have this, as we put our faith in Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, we're not fighting against God anymore. We're not running away from God anymore. We're not enemies of God anymore. All of a sudden, we have peace with God. We have this sweet fellowship with the Lord. But not only that, verse 2 through whom also, there's more to it than that. We don't just have peace with God. And there's a big difference between peace with somebody and an actual relationship with them. He says this, we don't just have peace with God, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Now, I want you to notice something about this. This word for access here means more of an introduction. We have this introduction through Jesus Christ because we've put our faith in Jesus Christ. So now we're friends of Jesus Christ. He's an advocate for us. And we have this introduction to the father. Now, now here's what's significant about that. In John chapter 14, verse six, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the father except through me. Um, There was also this psalmist. Have you guys ever heard of King David, right? He's the you guys know who I'm talking about? He's the one that killed Goliath. Maybe you don't even know the Bible, but you know that David killed Goliath, right? Little boy walks out there, slays Goliath, becomes king over Israel. It, to my knowledge, biblically, he never lost a battle. He came close a couple of times, but he never lost a battle. This guy was a mighty warrior, a man's man. And David said this in Psalm 1611, which is my very favorite verse. He said, in God's presence is fullness of joy. Now, that's significant here as we look at this. Not only do we have peace with God, but we can enter. We have this introduction into the presence of God. Hey, here's why that's significant is because I believe that joy is the pursuit of all of our lives. Let me ask you this. When you woke up this morning, did anybody wake up and say, I hope today is the most miserable day of my life? Some of you look like today might be the most miserable day of your life. But did you wake up and just sit up and say, I hope everything goes wrong for me. I hope the service is terrible. I hope that my car breaks down. I hope I get a flat tire. And while I'm gone, my house gets robbed and then burned to the ground. (laughs) None of us want that. And the reality is, is like even within the, the fabric, the very founding fabric and foundation of our country, we look at the Declaration of Independence. Like our rights were being infringed upon. And so we said that every man is endowed with this right from his creator to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's fascinating. And the very one in God's presence is fullness of joy. So the very thing that we're pursuing is fullness of joy. The the, the place to find that is through God. And so not only do we have peace with God, we have access. We have this introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. Now, now here's what we're going to break down today is there is a difference between (laughs) there is an overlooked aspect of God's grace. There's a saving grace, which is like this, I put my faith in Jesus Christ, now I have heaven, I'm going to be good in the future. And then there's a sustaining grace, a sustaining grace, which carries us through the day-to-day things. And when we have access to God, think about it like this. Like, I have have peace with you guys. I don't think any of us have a quarrel. Maybe we do. Maybe you guys don't like me. But I have peace with you. Now, if I broke down 500 miles away and called any one of you in the room today, how likely would you be to get out of bed in the middle of night, answer your phone to start with, and then get in your car and drive over and pick me up? We don't have that kind of relationship. You see, peace with God, that's great, but we have more than just peace with God. We have this profound relationship with God that that he is for us, he is with us, he is championing our cause. He he is there to lift us up. His Holy Spirit comforts us and strengthens us and empowers us and leads us into all truth. Like there's these incredible realities of walking with God. And that's what we need because this world, it's a struggle right now, isn't it? That's what we're looking at here. We're looking at this idea of tribulation. Tribulation simply means pressure. And and there's struggles going on in the world, and all of us are facing these different struggles. And he says this, we have this access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, as we think about hope, like when we think about hope, generally speaking, we think about this idea of, like, I hope that it doesn't rain tomorrow because I have a plan and we're going to go do something fun. Or I, I, I hope that I get a promotion at work or I hope, you know, but hope in the Greek is elpis. Can you say elpis? It's kind of like Elvis, right? Elvis, but it's elpis. And, and elpis has this idea of a confident expectation a confident expectation. It's not a, I hope it kind of comes together. It's no, I know it's gonna come together. I don't know exactly when it's gonna come together, but I'm trusting the Lord that in his perfect timing, that, that Romans eight twenty eight, that God works all things together for good for those who love him, who are the called according to his purpose. That even though I'm under these struggles right now, I can stand and I can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And what is our hope rooted in? It's, it's rooted in nothing less than the glory of God. The glory of God. Like you, you sit here and I hear that you can hear, see Mount Rainier from here, right? And it's this beautiful, like 1,000-foot tall little mole hill, right? It's awe-inspiring. It's big, it's glorious, it's magnificent. But our God is bigger than that. Our God is the one who who, who formed the heavens and the earth. He created the mountains. He created all these animals. He upholds everything by the word of his power. He towers above Mount Rainier. And often we're looking to all these things in the world to take care of us and to help us. And we're looking to all these people to help us. But as the psalmist in Psalm 121 says, he says, I look to the, the hills. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. This glory of God is what we're looking for. And we can rejoice in the hope that that God that created all that, that that gave Jesus Christ his son, that with his son, he will give us all things. It's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. But not only that, okay, we have this rejoicing in the hope of the glory of the God, the future glory. We're all on clouds shooting arrows around and just playing harps and all that cool stuff in heaven. Actually, we're going to rule and reign with Jesus in heaven. That's radical truth about the new heaven and new earth. And we have this future hope, but not only that, but we also glory, meaning we rejoice. We're excited about tribulation. That's a fascinating statement, to be excited about tribulation. What would that even, what would that even look like? Well, tribulation, I think in the NIV, isn't it suffering? I read out of the New King James Version. Um, but suffering uh, pressure is a good translation for it. We, we rejoice under these pressures. Why? Why do we do that? Because we know something. We know that tribulation or pressure or suffering produces something. It produces perseverance. It produces perseverance in our lives. And perseverance, it produces character. And character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Has anyone in here ever been disappointed before? No? What what is it that happens? So there's, when you get disappointed, it's an expectation that you have of how something's going to turn out. And then it doesn't go the way that you had planned. And so then you get disappointed. Well, God tells us that hope does not disappoint. I, I want you to notice something about this. There's this This pressure, right, that is building and that we're under, um, tribulation. So Jesus says in John chapter 16 and verse 33, if you want to look there with me, John chapter 16 and verse 33, Jesus says this, if I can find it myself, these things I have spoken to you that in me, you may have peace in the world, you will have tribulation But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I've said these things so that you would have peace. The peace in the midst of what? The promise that God and the inference here is that every single one of us is going to face pressure in life. It doesn't matter what it is. Maybe it's pressure within your marriage right now. Maybe it's pressure with the children. I have five kids, my oldest is 13. And sometimes there's some serious pressure and I can't even imagine being my wife. She homeschools. Our kids. Yeah, I see eyes going like this. <laughs> Pressure. Have you guys heard of? Um, I I was traveling the other day, and somebody told me there's this um, virus called COVID-19. Have you guys heard of that? <laughs> Coronavirus. There's this weird, these weird pressures, right? And it doesn't matter what side of it you're on. There's the people that think that you should be vaccinated. There's the people that don't think that you should be vaccinated because if you get the vaccination, you're going to keel over dead. Like there's both sides of it. I don't know which side of it you're on. It doesn't really matter which side. There's pressure, right? There's this huge amount of division. There's, there's these struggles and we're trying to figure out what is truth. Which way do I go? How do I lead my family? Where do I go? And there's all this pressure, but under this pressure, it produces something in our lives. It produces perseverance and, as we persevere, or or a good word for that is endurance, endurance. In other words, when the pressure comes, the question is, is do you quickly give up and drown or do you keep swimming? Do you quickly give up and drown or do you keep swimming? Because as you keep swimming, there's this endurance built up. And and as you endure, it, it builds character, right? Like the, the scars that we carry on our body are, are from character. Like here, I, I just about cut my thumb off with a knife and there's this huge gash right here. And when I was a kid, I cut myself really bad right here. And, and you get through it and you learn and, and then you're able to navigate life a little bit differently. But there's this character that's built into our life as we persevere. And character, character builds hope. Amen. And hope, Hope doesn't disappoint it doesn't say that hope might not disappoint it says that hope doesn't disappoint now i i was reading um about hope and i was reading about this professor his name was kurt richter you guys ever hear of this guy's name kurt richter i actually think he worked for john hopkins way back in the day and he decided to do this study back in the 1950s in the 1950s back when you could still do cool studies um he got all these rats together Have you, has anybody ever heard this one Mm-hmm. So he gets all these rats together. And he has domestic rats and he has wild rats. And he gets a bunch of jars and he fills them with water, just jar after jar filled with water. And he takes the domesticated rats and he, I was going to go to the store and get some rats and do this live, but I, <laughs> I thought this would probably not go over really well. I didn't know my audience too well. He drops the domesticated rat in the water and it falls in the water and it swims for two minutes, and, and you can just see, like, I'm just visualizing this, right? Here's the rat swimming around the water, and it's on the glass, and its claws aren't grabbing to the glass, then it's back in the water. And then after two minutes of trying that, and it's struggling, it just goes to the bottom of the water and drowns. Muerto. Dead. So then he drops a couple more, but all of a sudden, nine out of the 12 domesticated rats that he dropped in, they swam, they just kept swimming. They wouldn't give up. So then he goes and he catches these, he goes and catches these wild rats, I mean, vicious with fangs, right? And, and he catches these wild rats and, and they're full of life, right? I mean, they're just indomitable. They're just wild and ferocious. And he grabs the wild rats and every single one of the wild rats, when he dropped them in the water, what do you think happened? Within two minutes, they all drowned. Two minutes. That's crazy, isn't it? This guy was sadistic. And... So don't hate the messenger here. I'm just telling you what happened. So he drops the rats in. They all, dr- all these wild rats drown. So he has this profound thought. He's like, I wonder if because the domestic rats had been helped, that they actually had hope. And so they kept swimming. So what he thought he would do is he would introduce hope to these rats that were dropped into these glass jars of water. And so what he did was he took these wild, same wild rats that all gave up. And he took the wild rats and he dropped them in the water. New batch of them because the other ones were drowned. Yeah. And they were cooked, they were cooked up. Um, and he drops the wild rat in the water and it's just swimming and it's just about to die. And he plucks it out of the water and he holds it and sings rockabye rat to it. <laughs> and it looks like it's healthy again and he throws it in the water. How long do you think that rat that was just about to give up after two minutes swam for? Four minutes? Ten minutes? Most of the rats swam over 60 hours. Now, that is a huge difference. From two minutes to 60 hours just because of a little bit of hope. And this is what we're talking about here. There's this hope, and hope does not disappoint. First off, we're capable of enduring much more than we actually really think we are. That is a reality. And and with hope, we can even endure more. And and this hope, it will not disappoint because God is not a sadistic, vindictive person. He's not just sitting there watching you struggle through life in, in this little glass jar, getting ready for you to drown. He, he, God has a permissive will. Like we look at in, in, in the book of Job and he allows Satan into Job's life in order to refine him and reveal an aspect of God that Job had never understood before. By the end of the book of Job, Job said this. He said, my, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Look, sometimes as we go, undergo pressure, we start as this lump of coal. And by the time we come out of it, we're purified, we're strengthened. We're a diamond, right? Like you can take coal and pull it apart. You can't do that with a diamond. And there's this incredible reality that this pressure and the struggle that God allows into our lives has this ability to build this uncanny, unbelievable perseverance and character. And it strengthens our hope. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, And and here's what I want to challenge you with today. He says, this hope does not disappoint. It's a confident expectation. And I don't know where you are in life right now. I don't know what you're str- Maybe you feel like you're about to drown in something. Maybe you're drowning in work. Maybe you're drowning in a relationship. I, I was reading the other day that only 26% of couples, married couples, have a healthy level of intimacy. 26%. A- and it's no wonder, like, you think about, if there's no hope in your life and marriage starts getting hard, why do you think people walk away so quick? They drown. It's overwhelming. They just like two minutes into two minutes into marriage, two years into marriage, are like, "This is hard. He's not who I thought he was going to be. He looks nothing like what I was hoping he would be. He's no Prince Charming, or she. Man, she's no Cinderella. She's like the other stepsisters." <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, cramming that foot in the glass slipper. Um. Maybe you're just so engrossed in politics and watching the news that you just feel like you're about ready to drown and give up and you got anxiety or maybe you've got depression and you just feel like you're about ready to give up. Let me I, I want to challenge you to keep swimming today because our hope will not disappoint us. And it's not just like, a oh, hope doesn't disappoint you. Paul doesn't leave us with that. He says this, why? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now we know from John 14 and 16 that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our comforter. He's the one that strengthens us. And, and if you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 real quick, I'm gonna wrap up with these verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says this, verse, starting in verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. There's that word again that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. So God comforts us so that we can use the comfort that we've been comforted with by God to comfort other people that are going through the struggle. In other words, God has allowed you maybe to be in a situation and a season of swimming, right? You might be that rat that's swimming right now and it feels like it's endless, but, but the confidence isn't in, the hope isn't in, the, 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 the hope is not in, I can get myself out of this glass, but it's in the one who has the power to pull me out of the glass. That's why the rat kept swimming because it knew it didn't have the power. It drowned because it knew it didn't have the power, but it kept swimming because it knew that God had the power to pluck him out of the water. And this is what I want to challenge you with. This word for comfort here actually has this idea of a strengthening and a making you brave. Like when we think of comfort, it's like, oh God, God loves me so much and I'm crying on his shoulder. There is that, God God. God will comfort you in that way. But often when God comforts us by the power of his spirit, he stands us up, he makes us brave. He encourages us to keep swimming. He exhorts us to keep swimming. And here's why. As God does that in our life, as he plucks us out of the water and we've been through that season of struggle and we didn't drown, here's what we can do with that. We can encourage other people who have been struggling, who are in it. Maybe you're walking by. How many people do we see that are struggling, guys? And you see that they're struggling and maybe it's something that you've struggled with or you know somebody else that had struggled with it. And you have the opportunity to speak in their life and to encourage them and say, keep swimming. I just wanna challenge you today and leave you with this. I don't know where you are. I don't know what struggles, what pressure, what big decisions, what marriage problems. I don't know what you face today. But I wanna challenge you Instead of drowning, instead of giving up, I wanna challenge you to keep swimming and watch. God might not show up today in the way you want him to or tomorrow, but he is going to show up and it's gonna be miraculous and it's gonna build character and amazing things in your life. And you're gonna be able to take that testimony and help others. So my friends, my challenge to you today is to keep swimming and don't give up whatever you're facing today. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Pastor Greg?
2: Justin, thank you. (laughs) Perseverance creates character. Character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. You know, when Justin was sharing that in first service, it reminded me of a story I like to tell, and I'll just share that with you before we go. You may have heard this before. Bear with me. But when I was a youth pastor, we took a bunch of teenagers on a camping trip up into the Olympics. And uh, we were supposed to be up there for a week. That was the plan. We're going to go up into the mountains and spend a week walking together through the Gospels. Took about 40 teenagers, myself, the youth pastor, a couple of leaders. And we headed off into the Olympic Mountains. We got up in there. We hiked 15 miles back. And we set up camp in this beautiful spot. Had a pretty evening. Went to bed. And during the night one of those epic Western Washington rainstorms blew in and I mean it was monsoon season in the Olympics so much water came down that night my tent was on an angle and it filled up with water in the bottom and I'll always remember that night I would slide down the hill my feet would go into the water to wake me up I would climb back up the hill and do it again just to get through the night over and over. it was miserable we got up the next morning and I mean Everything is soaked, just soaked, standing water everywhere. I've got kids crying. I've got youth leaders crying, (laughs) local wildlife looking sad towards us. You know, it's a mess, right? And I realized we can't can't stay here. This whole thing's ruined. We can't do this. It's so bad. And so I I told everybody, hey, we're going to pack up and head out. But I also did something that was just part of what I did in youth ministry, and that was I pulled the guys together, and one of the things that was a big value to me is to teach the guys God made you strong in order to serve the ladies. It doesn't mean lots of ladies aren't strong. It means that generally speaking, God made the guys stronger, and the reason for that is to serve the ladies. So wherever we went, whatever we did, our guys served our girls. And so I said, fellas, man, I'm calling on you. I said, all this gear is so soaked, it's twice as heavy as it was, some of these girls, they're just not built to carry this out of here. So here's what I'm doing. I'm going to partner up one guy with one girl and he's going to carry his gear and her gear back to the campground. You never heard so much belly aching and complaining in your life. You want to talk about an unhappy bunch. You go, oh, carry their own stuff. and all, No, fellas, God's called you to this. God's made you for this. And they each went and, took a girl's stuff, and we headed down the hill, and I mean, they were growly, and they were under pressure all the way down, complaining, until, until we got close to the parking lot. When we got close to the parking lot, suddenly, the guys looked up, and there were all these dads who'd come to pick up their daughters and take them home from the camping, and all of a sudden, these guys went like this, yes, sir. Give you my daughter's, your daughter's gear. I hold it down the mountain for her because that's what I do. You know what I mean? They put it in the trunk for you. And here's why I share that story. To this day, I still hear guys smiling and telling that story. Because their hope didn't disappoint. There was suffering, there was tribulation. It built perseverance. And out of that perseverance came character. And at the end came this brilliant, Hope, like Pastor Justin was talking about, of being like God, the glory of God. And suddenly these guys said, you know what? That was worth doing. Pastor Greg, I'm glad you made us do that. I got a girlfriend out of the deal. No, that wasn't what happened. That wasn't what happened. But you know what I'm saying? You understand what's happening. And, and that's what Pastor Justin is is, is re- revealing, that what God is telling us. He's telling you. So maybe you're hauling a bunch of stuff down the hill. God's building your perseverance. And what will grow up out of that is character. And what flows out of that is a hope that you will not regret. It will not disappoint you. At the end, you'll go, I'm glad I did that. Well, God, I'm glad you taught me that. Would you pray with me as we close this morning? Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for this challenge, this hope that you give us through this challenge. God, we pray that. As we swim around the jar in hope, you would help us remember that what you're doing in us through this is amazing. What you're doing in us through this will cause us to rejoice in the end. Plant that hope, that confident expectation in our hearts. We pray for that. We pray for that. And if that's you this morning, just like Pastor Justin said, you're hauling that oversized load down the hill. Maybe it's somebody else's mess. God says, I'm at work in this. I'm at work in this. I'm building you. And you will rejoice. We thank you for your word, Lord. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me, friends? Easter next week. Come a little early. Bring your sharp elbows. It'll help you find a seat. Now may the love of God the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit go with you throughout this week. Go with God. Tell someone you love him. Happy Palm Sunday.